Kyle, did you ever do uh, summer school? No, I didn't do summer school. You're not school. a summer school kid? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I did summer school every every year. It didn't matter what grades I brought home. Why? Because it's just more learning. It's just more babysitting. <laughs> Your mom was like, during the school year, she was like, yo, you're doing too good in class. Why don't you take it down a notch, Jason? We're going to need a, a babysitter this summer. Basically. They're like, just go to summer school. I can, you can only learn more. I was like, I guess. Like, the same thing. You're saying it like summer school was volunteer, voluntary. Like, you were just allowed to sign up for it. Yeah. Summer school's voluntary, I thought. No, it's required for dumb kids. No, it's not. It's voluntary. It doesn't it, matter what grades you got. I used to get A's and B's, and I'd still have to go to summer school. Yeah, Didn't I matter. think somebody was telling you you were getting A's and no, B's. Because it sounds like... And I'm sorry to say this, but because I'm happy that you're here learning. But I'm always learning. Can't stop, I, won't stop. Well, apparently during the school year, you weren't learning quite enough. Yeah, they asked me to learn twice as much because I took the class twice. I feel really bad. I asked you to pick a summer topic for this episode, but you never had a summer. You were always in school. Uh, well, we're about to find out on today's episode of Wikipedia. Bow, 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 bow down. Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, where we dive down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, Dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. Woo! College, college, college. Hell yeah, baby. I'm ready to learn. I love books. I love campus life. I love Greek life. That's why I signed up for Wiki University's 10-year program. Class is in session. called wikipedia you dummy oh we're yeah wiki, year, wiki university <laughs> we're a year into this podcast and you don't know the name jesus christ jason well you're supposed to come and in this episode of wikipedia university that's when you come in university you come in with like a, a, a suit and tie in your briefcase because you're the teacher you're like mr belding yeah, I'm episode. exactly like Mr. Belding. I don't know really who Mr. Belding is. I know Saved by the Bell was a thing, but I never, never saw it. You, you, yeah, that was you were too old. That was some bullshit for you. No, I wasn't too old, but I didn't. I wasn't into the show. You didn't care for it. Yeah. What I were you on... into during that time? This is very early '90s, late '80s. Uh, going outside, because I think Saved by the Bell came on like after Saturday morning cartoons on Saturdays, maybe, but I'm not yes. sure. At that point, I was out the door by, I don't know, 9, 30, 10. Well, we all know you weren't swimming. That's right. I wasn't swimming. My neighbor down the street, Brandon Reinheimer, yeah. we, our okay. parents wouldn't allow us to like come over before maybe 9 a.m., Maybe that was like, hey, we can't have visitors before yeah, 9 a.m. Fucking chill out, fucking Kyle, coming in, break, breaking into uh, neighbors' houses before 9 a.m. 
It on was a Saturday? mutual. It was mutual. Brandon wanted to go out and play. I wanted to go out and play. We were done with our morning cartoons. So like when one of us were ready, we would just kind of bike down the street in front of each other's house back and forth until nice. it was like, oh, hey, Kyle's out there. You guys were like setting person. the bait. Like you guys were like, I'm just going to, you know, go around a couple of times. Maybe he smells like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just go by their window. <laughs> Hi. That's awesome. What was the number one sport you guys played when you guys were outside? It was mostly bike related. So anything okay. on bikes, uh, we played bike tag, you know, we did jumps and stuff, but even like we would play tennis in the street and we ended up using our bikes. We'd set them across the street as our net. Okay. okay. I mean, we That's played creative of you guys. I, we I... were very creative. We also took like his dad's golf clubs and attach them to the back of our bikes and bike to the local high school and would just hit, we would play golf across the soccer fields and make like, okay, you know, the poles, the, uh, the hole or whatever. Yeah. We got real creative with things. Yeah. Especially with the bikes. You guys really squeezed everything you could out of these bikes. I feel like dude, a More bike than was other freedom as a kid, man. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. That's so true. It's sad. I got one. One of my nephews doesn't even know how to ride a bike and doesn't want to. And I'm like, "What are you doing with your doesn't life?" Doesn't want to. Yeah, he just doesn't want to because he's too scared. He's just waiting. Why? Oh, he's too scared. Yeah, he like oh fell my. down once, and now it's like, ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, man. Don't, you should. Don't. You should punch him. <laughs> punch him onto a bicycle. <laughs> It's the fastest way to learn. Yeah, yeah. That's how that's how we're learning here on Wiki University. He'll learn <laughs> Cal just punches knowledge into me. I punt that's how you teach a kid to ride a bike. I think you punch them until they hop on the bike to get away. <laughs> yeah, Cal keeps punching me with knowledge. I keep wanting the suppository, but <laughs> what? He says straight to the mouth or straight to the chin. All right, I'll give you a suppository. Anyway, Jason, <laughs> your topic today is cicadas. Yeah, cicada. The the it's the king of summers. Seventeen years in a row. <laughs> yeah, cicadas are having a summer this year, apparently. They are. And quick fact that I just learned, okay, and maybe we can we can fact check it on, on Wiki, is yeah. that they are like this is just like the first level. Like what they send in like the first phase, phase one of cicadas are sent up so they can basically make the birds and all other uh, predators full. So they just, they're just going to m- have a buffet on cicadas. cicadas. And, and then, then the just breeders so come out. Then phase two comes up to really bang it out, have a good bang, you know, a bangle time together so they yeah. can mate. And, uh, and that way, by that time, they're like they'll survive a lot of them because all the predators are so full they're like puking from they can't have one other cicada like too much wow jason have you been doing another learning podcast (laughs) so you're asking me if i've been learning outside of this of this (laughs) vacuum (laughs) this vacuum yeah this university are you doing additional studies (laughs) I don't like this one bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit on my off time, you know? Jesus. This so, is, yeah, oh, I, thought that was, I thought that was very interesting and scary, meaning this is just phase one. A lot more are coming. 
Yeah, and there's gonna be cicada jizz everywhere. Oh man, everywhere. But you know, you gotta <laughs> wait, wait, you just said that like ah oh, finally the second wave of jizz. Oh fucking finally. It's been seventeen years. <laughs> I've it's been, been seventeen years in this. the making, man. I can fucking been waiting for this. You're I got like a bunch Tim of buckets Robbins outside. at the end of Shawshank Redemption. Just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the cicadas are pouring down on you. Just a bunch of cicada come. Yeah, man. That's why I have buckets. You know how people collect rainwater? I collect cicada come. Wow. Every 17 years. So I get get to sock up. Is it gutters that you collect it from? How's that work exactly? Yeah, from cum gutters. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) well, we're learning a lot on this episode. Yeah. Uh, we are learning something. I mean, we haven't even started. But anyway, uh, my topic today, Jason, is the we're sticking with the summer session here. The yeah, summer stick topics. it to me. Whatever you got in the background there, stick it to me good. Mine is the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Hell yeah. Dude, that's sexy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess. It's just mean all those hot dogs behind you, man. <laughs> and, and you know it's funny it looks like just people are cheering on the hot dogs yeah really <laughs> like there's no like they're just like fucking go hot dogs go summer <laughs> hell yeah that's a little um, bit of slice of americana for you yeah it really is I, I didn't know about the hot dog eating contest till like the late 90s early 2000s when uh kibayashi i think that's his name got involved and finally it was someone like my size competing (laughs) with the fat boys that's true that's true (laughs) um are you so may i ask uh your hot dog preference um do you put put on some of that delicious yellow mustard or are you a sick human being that puts ketchup on it i will do almost anything on a hot dog (laughs) <laughs> You'll do almost anything to a hot dog. I'll do almost anything with a hot dog, on a hot dog, to a hot dog. You name it, I'll do it with a hot dog. Ooh, well, but, hot dog. I see. I would not. I wouldn't put anything past mustard on my hot dog. That's yeah, I think it. you're making a mistake. I it used starts to. And stops I used to there, be an friend. elitist like you, and then I became a man of the people, and I was like, "Give me all the sauces. I'll put jalapenos on there. Whatever." Now you're going askew because this would be like adding chili and like that's just a whole nother thing. That's know? a chili dog. Right. It's no longer a hot dog. It still has dog in the name. There's a hot dog in there. You can't teach a hot dog new tricks. Well, <laughs> you can teach a hot dog new tricks by putting mayo on there and uh, sticking it everywhere. Anyway... Um, I just don't do relish and I don't do ketchup, but I'm willing to try out the mayo combo. I'll give it a try. I'll report back. Mm. <laughs> Let's get started here, Jason. Do you want to go from the Nathan's hot dog eating contest to cicadas or vice versa? You know what? I'm I'm deadly curious to find out exactly who this Nathan is. I want to dive into that real quick. Okay. Let's start with Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I think it'd be awesome. pretty easy to get one way or the other i mean insects are a pretty big broad spectrum and i bet under insects it says like insects you can eat and i know yes that's right i know there's cicada recipes i've cicada heard about dogs. them oh here's a little cicada story before we get started 
my mom so we have an all family text group that's like myself and kind of my mom's family and all the cousins and everything oh wow nice and pe- people just i'll i'll add you on it people just, <laughs> please that'd be amazing be so funny <laughs> who is this now <laughs> completely 180 on the last name like what is this and first name right who what is this so anyway people throw stuff out just randomly like here's what we're up to and they'll send a pic whatever and my mom sent a video of inside her house and she was like we've got a cicada somewhere in the house and it chirps like every we estimated every 43 seconds or so (laughs) and so i watched the video and you hear and I say to Christine, White Bones, I say to White Bones, and she kind of says it pretty much at the same time. That sounds like a smoke detector yes, with a low exactly battery. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, and then, and then. And then, of course, like a minute later, my mom texts all family. Uh, turns out it's our CO2 detector. that's even more dangerous we haven't changed the battery in five to seven years so i guess it finally has a low battery oh my god (laughs) that'd be amazing if it was like this this cicada has been here for seven days and it's like the actual alarm the co2 alarm like they go to change the change the battery and there's a cicada in there the batteries (laughs) are gone That's amazing. Hell All right, yeah. I'm putting an hour on the clock here. Starting now, we're starting at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Here we go, Jason. Do me in, partner. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is an annual American hot dog competitive eating competition. It is held each year on Independence Day at Nathan's Famous Corporation's original and best-known restaurant, at the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues in Coney Island, a neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York City. The contest has gained public attention in recent years due to the stardom of Takeru Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. The defending men's champion is Joey Chestnut. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat, Jason? I guess it's in a minute. I mean, when Joey Chestnut is staring at me, I making eye contact, I'd be afraid to swallow one down. <laughs> This guy seems like a big barrel-chested bro. Uh, I think he's got big cheeks, maybe, but he's probably, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I've seen him, I know, I've seen him eat, but I can't long, picture uh, him really. How long do they give you, or is it just as many as you can? How, oh, meaning time-wise, how many, how much time do they give you? I think it's time. Otherwise, people would be there all day, you know, right? because then you could pace yourself, and that would be no fun. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the question for me would be, how many do I think I could, you know, chomp down before throwing up? Let me jump to the rules real quick here. So Joey Chestnut ate, he set the record for 75 hot dogs in the 2020 contest. And the defending... Women's, Whoa, hold on. What, how 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 much time was that though? I gotta. I don't know. The article isn't in order, so oh, I'll tell you. The weird. women's record is forty eight and a half. They're doing half hot dogs. So what's the half? The bun, <laughs> the dog, yeah, or horizontal half a bun, half or a dog? Uh, right. <laughs> vertical? Yeah, hot dog so, or burger. <laughs> here, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
this is the rules. Major League Eating sanctioned by the International Federation of Competitive Eating. God, I bet they take all the fun out of it. Has sanctioned the event since 1997. Everything, they just suck the sweet juices out of the savory food. Yeah, they suck the sweet juices out of that puke bucket that everybody has <laughs> under the table. Oh, yeah. Today, only entrants under contract by Major League Eating can compete in the event. So they have to be with Major League Eating. Hmm. Uh, is, there mi- is there the minor leagues? Maybe I could hop on the minor leagues. Yeah, you got to work your way up. Yeah. <laughs> you start with those mini like um, hot dogs that you get at, that you see passed around at like wedding like a, receptions. Oh, like a little cor- like a little corn dog. Uh, uh, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. Little pigs in a blanket. Yeah, little pigs in a blanket. Yeah. You dip it in water and you eat it. <laughs> so let me see if I can find. Okay. The hot dogs are allowed to cool slightly after grilling to prevent possible mouth burns. The contestant that consumes and keeps down the most hot dogs and buns, HDB for short. HDB. Is it DB? HDB. Nice. Hot dogs oh. and buns. Make sure you make sure you take your kids to get their HDB shot. <laughs> yeah. Vaccine. And just keep punching them if they refuse. <laughs> uh, so they have 10 minutes to eat the hot dogs, and they got to keep them down. The length of the contest has changed over the years, previously 12 minutes, and in some years only three and a half minutes, but since 2008, it's been 10 minutes. Spectators watch and cheer the eaters on from a close proximity. Let's go to the history here, see who this Nathan guy was. I don't know that we'll find out who Nathan was, but... The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest has been held at the original location on Coney Island most years since about 1972, usually in conjunction with Independence Day. Nathan's promoter, Mortimer Matz, claimed that on July 4th, 1916, four immigrants held a hot dog eating contest at Nathan's famous stand on Coney Island to settle an argument about who was the most patriotic. I don't see the correlation. That's a classic immigrant fight. <laughs> Who's more patriotic? I am most patriotic. <laughs> and then they have a hot dog eating contest to figure it out. Hey man, it's not the nonviolent way of solving things. He also made the spurious claim that the contest had been held each year since then, except 1941, as a protest to the war in Europe. Of course. But I mean, that war lasted multiple years. They're like, yeah, we got to get back to eating hot dogs. And it's an American in ni- tradition. Yeah. And in 1971, as a protest to political unrest in the United States. I think we kind of know what the hell's going on. People eat a bunch of hot dogs on the 4th of July. In 2010, however, <laughs> promoter Mortimer. Oh, finally, they say Morty. So I can start calling him Morty. He admitted to having fabricated the whole legend of these immigrants having a contest. Oh, fucking shit, Morty. He invented it uh, with a man named Max Rosie in the 1970s as a publicity stunt. The legend grew over the years to the point where the New York Times and other publications were known to have repeatedly listed 1916 as the inaugural year. Anyway, let's go to a different topic here, Jason. We could go to Kobayashi, but I think that's just going to stick in the food category. I mean, we are around the 4th of July. That's summer. That's right in the the middle of summer. Maybe we can 
find, dig our dig ourselves in there. Well, Jason, I don't want to. I don't want to go from. I mean, we picked summer topics. I'm not. Can I refuse? I refuse to connect the hot dog eating contest to cicadas via summer. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I guess you know. Hey, I'm the student. You know me. I usually take the easy way out. I'm a little. Sl- I'm a slacker. So that was just my pitch. Well, pretend you're curious at least for a minute, and <laughs> I am. I'm curious about these hot dogs because I'm hungry. Okay, well, here's another controversy that occurred in 2003 when former NFL player William the Refrigerator Perry competed as a celebrity contestant. Though he had won a qualifier by eating 12 hot dogs, <laughs> he only ate four at the well, contest. I just love that there's qualifying. There's just... <laughs> there's qual- hey, man, he made it out of the ma- minor leagues to make it to the majors. That's right. But in the actual celebrity contest itself, he only ate four, stopping after just five minutes. Are, are you familiar with William the Refrigerator Perry? Not a hundred percent, but like I know, I know of him. I've heard that. That's a famous nickname. For My dad players. really got a kick out of him when I was growing up because he thought his nickname, the Fridge, was just so great. So anyway, I clicked yeah. on William the Refrigerator Perry. And and please just call me Fridge. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> friends call me Fridge. Mr. <laughs> Fridge was my father. <laughs> William Anthony Perry is a former American football defensive lineman who played in the National Football League for 10 seasons, primarily with the Chicago Bears, nicknamed the refrigerator for his imposing size. He played college football at Clemson and was selected by the Bears in the first round of the 1985 NFL draft. He gained popularity during his rookie season as a member of the Bears team that won the franchise's first Super Bowl in Super Bowl XX. Ooh, that was a hot Super Bowl. (laughs) Super Bowl Dos Equis. Whoa, why is the fridge not have any pants on? Perry was born in Aiken, South Carolina. He has stated in an interview that, quote unquote, even when I was little, I was big. By the time he was 11 years old, he weighed 200 pounds. Well, that's a big matzo ball. That is a big matzo ball in the fridge. I think when I was 11, I weighed about 40 pounds. Get out of here. Yeah. I take it I take it to the doctors if you're 45, like 40 maybe 42, maybe 42, 47 somewhere no way. in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? No. All right. Well, at 11? Uh, well, I guess you haven't hit puberty yet. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, and I got huge in puberty. I weigh huge. I weigh like 135 now, Jason. I'm a <laughs> I'm a fucking glutton. I can't keep the weight off. My glands are still just pumping out hormones, man. I do remember. All right. All right. So 200 pounds at the age of 11 is wild. But I do remember. So I had to do wrestling in seventh grade gym class. Right. Okay. So we had to do weigh in in wrestling class. And basically how the teacher set it up is. He would start at the lightest weight kids, which was like the lightest weight kid was maybe like 65 pounds. I think I weighed 70. And then there so, were... so first embarrassed the first half and then embarrassed the second half. Basically, you wrestle until you lose. 
Oh my so god. You keep, That's actually yeah. kind of fun though. It is kind of fun. Yeah. But I remember the weigh-in. So this is before fat shaming was a thing. We're just going by weight, or not even going by weight. The teacher's just like having people step on the scale. And there was this kid, I don't even know his first name, but his last name was Bundy, right? And he was a big oh kid with like a yeah. military haircut, giant size, just giant melon head, right? Yeah. And people are like so excited to see to Bundy see get weighed. They're like, yeah. we've all been waiting for this day. And the whole gym class of seventh graders just start going, Bundy, Bundy, Bundy. Just for the weigh-in. Just for the weigh-in. Oh, my God. That poor kid, man. That poor, poor fucking kid. kid. I think he kind of thought it was funny, though, because he's like, what? He like. You know, does a big waddle hey, up that's to the legit, scale. man. If that's yeah, yeah. If who doesn't like hearing their name uh, chanted, chanted, right, chanted right. you know, yeah, yeah. And so the chant is getting louder and louder. Bundy, <laughs> Bundy. Awesome. Uh, you know, he steps one foot on the scale, and and then he steps the other foot on the scale, and it was one of those scales where the teacher has to tick off like a doctor <laughs> of scale. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, the most the, tension. The teacher puts it on one hundred, and then goes like. 180, 190, 195, and the scale still hasn't tipped. And then he hits right. like 199 and it still hasn't tipped. And everybody's like, oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. Just insanity. You yeah. fat motherfucker. He did it. Bundy did it. <laughs> yeah. Bundy did it. He's going to die young. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the teacher throws the 100 back throws the 99 back puts it down to 200 and then bumps it up to like he was like i don't know 205 210 or something like that what yeah bundy was a big boy seventh grade so you had to be like what 12 or 13 probably 12 mm, yeah yeah i mean i don't want to make this uh a long story long but it's gonna be a long story so there was another kid that I went, I was like from really, the Bundy family. No, not from the Bundy family. Ooh, I wish they came from the Bundy family tree. There was another kid named James who I was like really good friends with in fourth grade, and he grew up in the inner city. I was part of school busing, right? So like I sat yeah. next to James. I'm from the suburbs. He's fr he's like walking to school in the city, and Wilmington, Delaware, not a great city, home of Joe Joe Biden, but uh. Home of old Joe, home of old, of old Joe. Joe. But yeah. I remember talking to James one day. This is early in the school year. But I'm just getting to know him. And he's got like a mark on his arm. And I was like, what like birthmark? What happened to your arm there? And he's like, oh, my uncle, my uncle uh, pushed his cigarette into me. I was Jesus like, Christ. oh, and I couldn't even like. Like as a ten year old, I didn't know what child abuse really was. I couldn't I couldn't understand You're like, like whoa, he smokes? Cool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, fast forward to that's James as a nine, ten year old. Fast yeah, forward yeah. to gym class seventh seventh grade. James is okay. in that class with me. We're reunited. I hadn't seen him in years, but he did yeah. hit puberty. Yeah. And he was like a jacked seventh grader. Oh, really? Like, nice, nice. Jack. Still had the burnt burnt birthmark? I don't know. I didn't check in. So anyway, James... <laughs> He's like, here, let me introduce you to my foster parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> he brings them to school? 
<laughs> they weighed in. <laughs> they started chanting my name. <laughs> yeah. So James, I don't remember what he weighs, but he probably weighed like 140, 150. Like he looked like a big but, seventh but grader. But lean, but some lean But, but muscle, man. So, so, you know, he's towards the, he's not the head. He, there's probably like five, six kids in front that are heavier than him. And, and then Bundy is way at the end, you know, he's in his own category. So James wrestles his way through those five or six kids. And, and James is just taking all that anger out from his childhood on these, <laughs> just taking it yeah, out is. on these kids. Yeah, Cause he, he would just wrap them up in a bear hug and just throw just them, them on the yeah, ground. And, the, yep, and a lot yep. of times they were just like, you don't even got to pin me, dude. I'm, I'm yeah. down. <laughs> so anyway, James is doing that, that to every kid, just shoving them around. And then he gets to Bundy and it's oh, like yeah. boss level. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like Zangief and street fighter or something. <laughs> <laughs> so like James is, you know, he's outweighed by Bundy by like 60 pounds, 50 pounds, something like that. And yeah. everybody's like, oh, I don't know that James can win this one. This is the match of the century yeah, right here. This is Fuck like... yeah, dude. I hope, please tell me they started chanting Bundy again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, you know, this is like early MMA type stuff where they're pairing yeah, a yeah, sumo yeah. wrestler with, with like a boxer, basically. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's like, just waiting in anticipation the gym teacher blows the whistle and james and bundy are like shoving each other and then james just wraps him up in this tackle hold picks up bundy Bundy? and throws him on the ground and of course bundy everybody's like could have sworn that the entire gym shaked when he when he got thrown to the ground (laughs) but but bundy couldn't believe it either though no way he could believe it. Like, who can pick up Bundy? And I'm surprised already that the kid could wrap his arms around around the bro. Well, they, I don't know that Bundy. he got him all the way around him, but he got him around him enough oof, to like. That's even hard. That's even tougher, dude. It's to not be wild. able to wrap your arms around and still. Oof, man. What if like, what if right now we check in with uh, what's his name? Not Bundy, but James. the other guy, James, and he's got like crippling back problems ever <laughs> since that. <laughs> Ever since, ever since that day, like just the like everything went downhill for his back after that. Yeah. He's like he's just like he's he's like what he's your age and he's like shaped like a question mark already. Exactly, he's like I picked up a two hundred and ten pound Bundy when I was when I was twelve. Man, yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> that's incredible though. Just to see that, I wish it, would, it was a real treat. I bet it was such a treat because. Also, I like I said, I weighed like seventy pounds. I had stopped wrestling like two days ago. I mean, I was I was just like there for the entertainment at that point. God, that's something that definitely is not alive today. Like you would never see that. Like just no. the the next the next weight up just wrestles the next kid. Like nothing like that. Right, right. I yeah. mean, there's so many just emotional problems that could come. Which about. I think is super fucked up because if they have spelling bees and they embarrass the dumb kids. <laughs> <laughs> they should have these wrestling bees to embarrass, embarrass the weak, the weak ones. Yeah. yeah. Whittle out the weak, baby. So let's move on to something else. I see, you know, of course, the Chicago Bears here, Mike Dicka, Buddy Ryan, but maybe we should 
head towards insects or cuisine somehow. Yeah, one in the same. This could be interesting. Yeah, if you can find some insects. 100%. Well, no, I can't find insects in William the Refrigerator Perry, but I you do can find see... insects in the refrigerator. He also was hospitalized in South Carolina for a serious condition from his Gillian Barre syndrome. We could go to a syndrome. I also see the A team. We could go to the A team. I know you love television. I do love television. Never saw that show uh, that much, though. Wow, all. really? Yeah. That was a go-to for me during afternoons, uh, any sick days. Okay, no. Any sick days for me, see, was just um, Wheel of, not Wheel of Fortune. Uh, what is it? Price is Right. Oh, of course. I mean, Price is Right. A-Team came on later. Also, Cosby Show. A lot of good influences in, in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got to move on here. Um, Let's do it. We could also do Shot Put. Uh, what are you curious about, Jason? You know, I I play I've done shot put. I I was in the track and field, more on the field side. Yeah. Obviously, and uh I didn't know what I was doing. It was I I definitely thought that I was going to be a lot better. Yeah. than I was cuz I figured it's just throwing a thing. It's like throwing a rock. Uh so maybe shot put would interest me. Maybe I can figure out why I wasn't successful at it. All right, shot put it is. The shot put is a track and field event involving putting a heavy spherical ball, the shot, as far as possible. The shot put competition for men has been part of the modern Olympics since their revival in 1896, and women's competition began in 1948. Here's the history. Homer mentions competitions of rock throwing by soldiers during the siege of Troy, but there is no record of any dead weights being thrown in Greek competitions. The first evidence for stone or weight throwing events were in the Scottish Highlands and date back to approximately the first century. Kind of like uh, that scene in Braveheart where he throws yeah, a pebble the, at the guy. The Highland head. Islands. We've been there before. <laughs> yeah, we have been to the Highland Islands. In the, 16th, in the 16th century, King Henry VIII was noted for his prowess in court competitions of weight and hammer throwing. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that's kind of like uh, Kim Jong-un having won <laughs> like 19 gold medals at the Olympics. That's right. That's right. I, I, you know, it's funny now that you mentioned axe throwing. Imagine if that was like a, the, another Olympic sport that stuck. Axe throwing? Yeah. All right, I just imagined it. <laughs> you know they do have an axe throwing place, like in D.C. They're everywhere now. Yeah, that's a good big thing, I guess. I guess it's not as dangerous as I thought. They've commercialized it. Uh, yeah, they took the fun out of axe throwing. Yeah. When you could just He's... throw it as a at a human being in defense. <laughs> yeah. The first events resembling the modern shot put likely occurred in the Middle Ages when soldiers held competitions in which they hurled cannonballs. Shot put competitions were first recorded in the early 19th century Scotland and were part of the British Amateur Championships beginning in 1866. Competitors take their throw from inside a marked circle, which is seven feet in diameter, with what's known as a toe board about 10 centimeters high in the front of the circle. The distance thrown is measured from the inside of the circumference of the circle to the nearest mark made on the ground by the falling shot put, with distances rounded down to the nearest centimeter during IAAF and WAM, WMA rules. 
Okay. They're like the guys that um, that oversee the hot dog eating contests. Exactly, it's the same same competitors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so there's legal throws. That's kind of the rules. Uh, an athlete may not wear gloves, but you are allowed to tape your fingers. Were you a finger taper, Jason? Uh, no, no, I'm not much of a glove wearer or finger taper. Well, I you can't like- wear gloves. I always like, well, I'm just saying overall, like in sports and stuff like football, they always had gloves and stuff. I like, you like, I like to have like human contact, like just touch skin to skin. Oh my God. Jason's just massaging his fingers in the air right now. Yeah. Would you like to be in front of my fingers? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the weight of the shot. In open competitions, the men's shot weighs 16 pounds. And the women's shot weighs 8.8 pounds. Junior school and master's competitions often use different weights of shot, typically. Does it say how many times you're allowed to spin? Uh, all right. Well, there are two styles. There's the glide technique. That's when you don't spin. And then there's the spin technique, also known as rotational technique. It was first practiced in Europe in the 1950s, but did not receive much attention until the 1970s. In 1972, Alexander Baryshnikov set the first USSR record using a new pudding style, the spin, invented by his coach, Victor Russian name. The spin involves rotating like a discus thrower and using rotational momentum for power. In 1976, Baryshnikov went on to set a world record of 22 meters or 72 feet with his spin style and was the first shot putter to cross the 22 meter mark. Okay, so it sounds like the spin t- spin style is where it's at. Sounds I don't, hot. I don't I think used to there, try to do it. There, I don't think there's a limit. I'm sorry, sorry. It sounds hot. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember trying to do it a couple of times, but it was like to me it's very dangerous. Like you can really like throw your your shoulder out or ah. like, the, the um, neck ligaments. Oh, okay. So you did the slide technique a few times, but I found it to be very dangerous, so I stopped. Did you just stop shot put altogether, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after the season ended, like I, I only did it for one season. All right, well, we got to start moving to insects somehow or cicadas. Yeah, we're all the, where are those little buggers? I'm getting a little nervous here. Do you have butterflies in your stomach? Oh, if I did, we could probably get to insects. Well, we can go to oh, Cannonballs, Scotland. Oh, this is brutal. So there's continental records. There's Africa, Asia. So we could go to Asia, go to Asian cuisines, go to insects somehow. I, you know, I know cicadas, they eat them in Asia. Okay. Ah, classic. So I clicked on Asia and it took me to list of Asian records in athletics. Asian records in athletics are the best marks set in an event by an athlete who competes for a member nation of the Asian Athletics Association. I'm clicking on Asian Athletics Association, and now we made it to Asia. Ooh, I don't think we've been there before, have we? Yeah, we do stick to America and European countries, mostly. Yeah, we stick to we are a lot of Western influences. We've been to China, we've been to Japan. Yeah, Konnichiwa. We've been to Russia. Russia's also Asian. Da. Is that Russian? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, duh. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> Not me. No. All right. Asia is Earth's largest and most populous continent pr- located primarily in the eastern and northern hemispheres. It shares the continental landmass with Eurasia, with the continent of Europe and the continental landmass of Afro-Asia with both Europe and Africa. Asia covers an area, it's big, big as fuck area. The continent, which has long been home to the majority of the human population, was the site of many of the first civilizations. I bet they ate insects. Oh, yeah. It's, I could go to first civilizations, but I think we should stay here and get to like Asian cuisine. Yeah. Mm, now, now you're making me hungry, man. Hot dogs, fridges, now straight up Asian cuisine. Yeah. I might be getting that Korean barbecue sandwich tonight. Jason, in 20 years, we're going to be eating insects all the time. So you better get ready. That's true. Look, I'm not I'm not against it. Uh, like I said, if you fry it up nicely, I'll try anything fried. That's a for sure thing. And the uh, second off, you dip it in chocolate. You know, you cook it, dip it in chocolate. I'll try that as well. Well, I was going to say, all you got to do for me to eat some insects is put some mustard, mayo, ketchup, relish, <laughs> just bury it in, in other things. Look, on a past episode, I said that I, I would cook human meat for both you and I <laughs> as a dinner. So I can't be saying like, ew, gross, cicadas. I would never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know what stay you consistent, mean. Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cook me a, a nice human thigh and then you have a side of cicadas and i'm like uh (laughs) i'm off cicadas (laughs) in general terms asia is bounded by you know the oceans blah 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 let's see what's uh, i mean there's history obviously geography and climate how can you even say what the climate is i mean it's such a big landmass. i don't see cuisine here we might have to get more specific like a specific type of cuisine yeah, we need we might need a more specific type of cuisine. I think I think they eat cicadas in China, maybe. Chinese cicadas? Oh man, I bet they're like smarter and more advanced. Jason, that's a stereotype. That's not true. Chinese cicadas are actually known for stealing our intellectual property. <laughs> I think Chinese cicadas are like really good at piano or something, right? Uh, No, you're thinking of Japanese cicadas. (laughs) Oh, okay. You idiot. (laughs) Um, Well, now I'm a little worried. This is a little broad. I still think we should get to insects. I don't see... What would insects be under? Probably like under a rock, under moist soil. No, broader, broader, Jason. Think broader. Hmm. There isn't a soil section of... Asia. There's a soiled section in my pants. Ah, that's, that's <laughs> such a bad joke. So I went down to ancient China. So maybe huh, I feel like we went to Chinese cuisine some other time, but whatever. We're here. Ancient China. Drawing on archaeology, geology, and anthropology, modern scholars do not see the origins of the Chinese civilization or history as a linear story but rather the history of the interactions of different and distinct cultures and ethnic groups that influenced each other's development. The specific cultural regions that developed Chinese civilization were the Yellow River Civilization, the Yangtze 
civilization and Laos Liao civilization. Oh boy. Early evidence for Chinese millet agriculture is dated around 7,000 BC. Maybe we should go to millet and millet. Hey, millet, millet or ticket. And I bet we could get to like insects destroying millet. Wait, what's millet? I thought it was. I think it's a grain or something. Well, I went okay. to millet. Millets are a group of highly variable, small seeded grasses widely grown around the world as cereal crops or grains for fodder and human food. Millets are important crops in the semi-arid tropics of Asia and Africa, especially in India, Malai, Nigeria, and Niger, with 97% of millet production in developing countries. So hold on, is millet like a almost like a sort of rice or, or what? No, well, I'm looking at the pictures here. I would describe it like close up it looks like wheat. If you're familiar like with, you know, okay. you've seen wheat, at least on boxes of cereal or whatever. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like the little long thing with, with the, the little flowy. side long yep. things. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it looks kind of mm -hmm. like that. I think they grind it up and they can make like a paste and turn it into like a bread or we should see, I guess. But I also want to see pests or something. What destroys yeah, millet. millet? Let's see what happens if uh, when millet spoils. Millet's are indigenous to many parts of the world. The most widely grown millet is pearl millet, which is an important crop in India and parts of Africa. Finger millet, proso millet, and foxtail millet are also important. Um, mm, that's finger millet good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spreading, maybe research. Wait, did you say spreading? Yeah, there's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I did. <laughs> uh, spreading the cultivation of common millet as the earliest dry crop in East Asia what? has been attributed to its resistance to drought and thus and this has been suggested to have aided to its spreading all right I clicked on rice Jason because I mean rice is one of like the biggest crop it feeds the world so it's got to be it yeah. has to have like um, a thing Kills haters. It. Yeah, yeah. There's rice haters. Yeah, millet haters. Well, I'm on rice. <laughs> Same thing. It's a grain. All right. Rice is the seed of the grass species Oriza sativa. Oh, rice is a sativa. <laughs> Ooh, that's why it was mellow out and when it's just, <laughs> fall, just asleep. fall asleep after eating <laughs> heavy loads of rice. <laughs> Every time I eat rice, I just fall asleep and play video games. <laughs> Not in that order. <laughs> As a cereal grain, domesticated rice is the most widely consumed staple food for over half of the world's human population, especially in Asia and Africa. Oh, I oh, could go right, to Wikipedia. Chill out with that racist shit, <laughs> especially in Asia and Africa. Like, it's the weird they italicized and bolded, especially. <laughs> It is the agricultural commodity with the third highest worldwide production. It goes rice, uh, rice. <laughs> like the top three are rice. It goes rice, rice, and more fucking rice. <laughs> yeah. So it goes rice, sugar cane, and maize. I guess. Is it maize just a Spanish rice? Maize is number one. I thought maize was corn. Is it not? Oh, that's right. That's right. Of course. Kind of. It's kind of a corn. No, I think it's definitely corn. 
The traditional method for cultivating rice is flooding the fields while or after setting the young seedlings. This simple method requires sound irrigation planning, but reduces the growth of less robust weed and pest plants that have no submerged growth state. Oh, so it drowns out all the other plants and the rice can grow in full water. That's interesting. Hey, man, that's life. That's rice. That's that light, that rice life. Put it on a T-shirt. While flooding is not mandatory for the cultivation of rice, all other methods of irrigation require higher effort in weed and pest control. Oh, I could go on. Uh, I could click on pest, pest control. control. I'm going to do that. Control your pests. I clicked have on. Them, have them bathed and neutered. <laughs> that was Bob Barker's motto. <laughs> Yeah, remember every every time he ended the show, he should tell us to bathe and neuter our insects. Exactly. You can spay an insect with a simple pair of tweezers. <laughs> so pest control is the regulation or management of a species defined as a pest, a member of the animal kingdom that impacts adversely on human activities. The human response depends on the importance of the damage done and will range from tolerance through deterrence and management. Pest control measures may be performed as part of an integrated pest management strategy. Oh, man. And they have a picture of one of those planes just flying over the fields. Ooh. When they're just smoke blowing yeah, stuff in the that air. That be good for anybody. That makes me nervous. Okay. In agriculture, pests are kept at bay by cultural, chemical, and biological means. Plowing and cultivation of the soil... Plowing is helpful for spreading, I think. Hey, anything that helps spreading, I'm on board. <laughs> well, plowing and cultivation of the soil before sowing uh, mitigate the pest burden, and there is a modern trend to limit the use of pesticides as far as possible. This can be achieved by monitoring the crop, only applying insecticides. All right, so I'm clicking on insecticides. I'm on insecticides. Insecticides are substances used to kill insects. I'm clicking on insects. Whoa. I'm moving here, Jason. You're going right along. We took the training wheels off. Oh, my God. Insects, there's a lot of science-y words here, so yeah. I'm just going to skip them. <laughs> anyway, insects are the largest group within the arthropod phylum. Definitions and circumscriptions vary. Usually, insects com comprise a class within, the within arthropods. Padia, blah blah blah. So, oh, is this Arthopedia University? No, this is not Arthopedia University. Now, White Bones and I did have a debate recently as to whether or Ooh. not a spider was an insect or not, and I said no. I don't think it is. Correct? It's an anac ar arachnid. An arachnid. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if an arachnid falls under insect. But anyway, I said I thought insects had six legs and three parts of their body. Blah, blah, blah. We got to get moving here. I'm going to look for, I'm, I'm sure there's a food section here. A menu, if you will. Food or if there's some sort of like um, seasonal insects? Oh, yeah, there's got to be cicadas. In, it's an enormous article, though. Ah, ah, ah. As food. As food. As it is written, it shall be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that, Jesus? 
Yeah, Jesus, when he ate the first cicada. Or was that Moses? Yeah, it was, well, Jesus gave it to Moses to try it. Because oh. Jesus ate it first, and he was like, whoa, now this is a spicy pizza ball. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, but Jesus was Italian. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the Italians know. It's a oh, big yeah. secret. They're claiming but, him real hard. But you know you know them. They're, they're, they're good with secrets. They like to keep their mouths shut, if you know what I mean. Like the mafia? Is that's that what exactly you mean? like them. Okay. All right. So here's insects as food. In some cultures, insects, especially deep fried cicadas, are considered to be delicacies. Really? Well, yeah. Deep fried cicadas? Deep fried cicadas. Dude, see, I'm telling you, you deep fry anything, especially cicada. The extra crunch. I mean, apparently, according to this article, the deep fried cicada is like the deep fried insect to have. The pinnacle of insects. That's legit. Okay. Okay. Keep reading. Keep reading. Um, especially deep fried cicadas are considered to be delicacies, whereas in other places they form part of the normal diet. Insects have a high protein content for their mass. And some authors suggest their potential as a major source of protein in human nutrition. All right, Jason, I clicked on cicadas. We made it. Hell yeah, baby. Good job, Kyle. I didn't think it was. I didn't. I didn't think the food route, the cuisine route, was going to take us so directly. Dude, ever since the cicadas hit the East Coast, Chris. Oh, well, like like I said, White Bones has been saying, "Oh, you should send your your tenants uh, back in D.C. some cicada recipes." And then my mom's like, "You know, you can eat cicadas." And and then, but get this. This is some wild shit. My family apparently is into cicadas because my aunt is traveling down from Massachusetts down to my family in Delaware just to hear the cicadas. And I guess visit family since she hasn't seen them in a year and a half. (laughs) Hey, while I'm here, while I'm here with all this noise, I might as well visit my sister. (laughs) But I did not expect there to be cicada tourism. That's that that is nuts. So hold on. So you're saying she's in what Maine? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And they don't give they don't have them up there? I guess not. You know, she's also kind of in the mountains. It gets colder up there, so okay. You know. That's pretty wild, though. Just to be like, "Yo, I'm gonna hear that soothing sound of cicadas." What can you do with cicadas? Banging cicada? it out. I just want to hear a gang bang of insects. <laughs> my neck, my back, my, back. my pussy, my pussy yeah, and my crack. You should tell your aunt that. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what they're what you're really listening to. You know, you know that you auntie? sick fuck. <laughs> I'm here for the second wave. <laughs> okay, that's what she says to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting until later in the cicada season. Oh, so I was going to say, Jason, can you do a cicada noise? <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. You tell me. Well, oh, the sound? Yeah, it just sounds like uh, it sounds like one of my vibrators. <laughs> the one for your mouth or the one for your butt? The both of them, the where you you hold them together, it's like double by vibration. It's like trying to put two magnets together. Yeah, <laughs> you know that uh, uh, what is it? Um, Beach Boys song, Double Vibrations. Dude, did you listen to the last episode with MK? <laughs> no, I swear we covered the I Beach swear Boys. I would never listen. I told myself if Kyle ever has a guest, dude, I will never, ever. Mark my words, Kyra, ever listen to that episode. Well, you should give it a listen. All right. (laughs) There's two major families of cicadas. There's two species in Australia. 
with oh with more than 3000 species described from around the world so there's quite a number that's nuts that's too many i'd be comfortable if it was just the ones with the red eyes and then the ones with blue eyes and that's it cicadas have prominent eyes set wide apart short antenna and membranous front wings they have an exceptionally loud song produced in most species by the rapid buckling and unbuckling of drum-like timbals timbals man wow timbals the earliest known fossils of cicadas appeared in the upper Permian period. Extant species occur all around the world in temperate or tropical cli- or temperate to tropical climates. They typically live in trees feeding on watery sap from xylem tissue and laying their eggs in a silt in the bark. Most cicadas are cryptic. Ah, oh, boy, I would hate to text with a cicada. Oh, my God. So much subtext in those texts. It would drive me insane. That's why it takes 17 years for them to get together. <laughs> They're just like, you you up? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, still not up. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hanging out in the bark with some friends. I might go out later. And then they forget to text, and then another 17 years goes by. <laughs> God, fuck. The vast majority of species are active during the day as adults, with some calling at dawn or dusk. Only a rare few species are known to be nocturnal. One exclusively North American genus, which spend most of their lives as underground nymphs, emerge in predictable intervals of 13 or 17 years, depending on the species and location. The unusual duration and synchronization of their emergence may reduce the number of cicadas lost to predation, both by making them a less reliable available prey and by emerging in such huge numbers that they will state any remaining predators before losing enough of their number to threaten their survival as a species. So that's kind of what you talked about. There's enough of them that the birds are like, I can't eat another cicada. This is like a a cicada hot dog eating contest here. Yeah, the first wave gets uh, demolished and then that's pretty, yeah, that's so smart, super smart. Hate to be that first line of defense. Oh, yeah, but you know know there's like a Joey Chestnut of birds. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) plowing through. Yeah, that's so true, yeah. Cicadas have been featured in literature since the time of Homer's Iliad. We could have got to Homer in the Iliad. We mentioned Homer during the shot put. That's wow. true. Yes. It all connects. How did we miss that? I know. Shit. How did we miss it? I'm an fuck idiot. Shit. Stupid, stupid, Damn. stupid baby. Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, also, there's motifs in art from the Chinese Shang Dynasty. They have also been used in myth and folklore as symbols of carefree living and immortality. Anyway, what else do you want to know about these things, Jason? You know, there's uh, etymology, taxonomy, and diversity. We kind of talked about the diversity. There's the biology. There's predators, parasites, and pathogens. And then there's also in human culture. Um, what other predator predators aside from birds and stuff? Like what? Yeah. Let's find out. Oh, Let's. so here's a picture of... Let's find out and then wrap up the episode here. But Wrap it up. Hey, always wrap up, kids. There is a... Unless you're a cicada, then I'm Unless dumb, you're a cicada. Because this is your shot. Shoot your shot. Go balls to the walls. Shoot your shot, boys. 
You only get one in 17 chances, 17 year chance. All right. So here's a picture of an Eastern cicada killer wasp. They actually called them the cicada killer wasp. Wow. Yeah. 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 With a cicada. Uh, they must in be surgical with their stinger. Cicadas are commonly eaten by birds and sometimes by squirrels, as well as bats, wasps, mantis, mantis, spiders, and robber flies. In times of mass emergence of cicadas, various amphibians, fish, reptiles, mammals, and birds change their foraging habits so as to benefit the glut. So they're like, oh, I got to try this delicacy now. Yeah, it's like, uh, plus I, I heard it's got good protein, so they jump on it. I bet. In Australia, cicadas are preyed on by the Australian cicada killer wasp. Oh, all right, so no fear there. They're all in Australia. Uh, which stings and stuns cicadas high in the trees, making them drop to the ground where the cicada hunter mounts and carries them, pushing with its hind legs, sometimes over a distance of a hundred meters until they can be shoved down into its burrow where the numb cicadas are placed into one of the. Whoa, this is wild, Jason. Yeah, this is a lot. This is a lot. These fucking evil ass motherfuckers. Sorry. So, cause you noticed how it said the stunned cicada. So they're just, stunned. it's alive. They're like, yeah. They're, yeah, they're not dead. And they just throw them into a graveyard of other stunned cicadas, like ready to feast on. Not just a graveyard, Jason where the numb cicadas are placed onto one of the many shelves in a catacomb to form the food stock for the wasp grub that grows out of the egg deposited there. So it's like a morgue of cicadas in this wasp den. That's wild. But it's for the it's <clears throat> it said that it's to feed the their eggs, their newborns, Yeah, right? the newborns come out and they're like, "I'm hungry." <laughs> It's like having a morgue inside of a, what do you call those rooms with the babies in it? The nursery. the Yeah, the baby lined up room. And so they basically have like the baby, all the babies lined up and next to them is a dead old person that they're about to eat. Yeah, this sounds like a science fiction movie. Yeah. Oh, all right. We got to wrap this up, but there's some anti-predator adaptations. So the cicadas have come up with their own little tricks to fight back beautiful darwin cicadas use a variety of strategies to evade predators large cicadas can fly rapidly to escape if disturbed many are extremely well camouflaged to evade predators such as birds that hunt by sight being colored like tree bark and disruptively patterned to break up their outlines they're difficult to discern their partly transparent wings are held over the body and pressed close to the substrate. Some cicada species play dead when threatened. Some cicadas, such as blah, 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 science work, display bright, dematic flash coloration on their hind wings when threatened. So, oh, they, so they just like... Uh, it's kind of like um, when a fighter jet throws out like the... Uh, the shrapnel, so the missiles get that instead, maybe. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. This is for the heat, for the heat sensors. For the heat sensors, sure. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think and, I believe that's what it works. It it comes down to is that you're getting a a 
uh, followed by a rocket that has a he- essentially a heat sensor. So you pull out, you bust out those little like things that explode. So yeah. it catches, it holds on to that, and then explodes once it, it gets there. Right. So I, I've seen a, a ca- bunch of movies that have that, Kyle. That's got to be the truth. Air Force One has it, and it has yeah. to be the truth. It's got to be the truth. Yeah. Well, cicadas, when they flip their wings up, they have like a bright color underneath. So the bird or whatever is like, ah! <laughs> Interesting. So it could like shine back the sunlight and be like, ah! <laughs> right. I think it would be cool. And they, and I think cicadas, any cicadas listening, you should start working on this. But if not only bright colors, you know, they. I think they should flip the wings up and there should be like, instead of just bright colors, there should be a pair of like eyeballs too. Right. Take something a hit that looks... from the butterflies and such. Exactly. So it should be like, wow. ah, something's coming at me now. Anyway, that's the cicada. I mean, there's a lot more reading for it, but hey, we'll we'll, we'll revisit in hey, 17 but this years. Is, this is summer school. You do you do more reading on your own time? Exactly. So that so was that's it, baby. The episode, cicadas, he, cicadas, here we come. Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't that the cicada song? <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I thought it was my pussy, my back, my crack. I'm glad they're here. I'm, you know, time to get it over with. I'm still while I'm still here in Virginia, I get to enjoy those precious things that the East Coast has brought me, like uh, cicadas every 17 years. Yeah, hey, I'll be making a trip to the East Coast very soon. Maybe we should deep fry some cicadas, Jason, and hey, do a little taste test. I'm, I'm already, I've, now I'm hungry twice as much as I was from the beginning of the podcast. I mean, I'm I'm going to test you, dude. Let's you do say, it. You say you'll eat human. You say you'll eat cicada. Yeah, so, okay, we'll try it. You come over. <laughs> come over for dinner, Kyle. All right. Hey, any cicadas listening, please rate and review us five stars, please, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, do it while you're awake this year because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, or else we're going to come back 17 years later. Jesus. All right. Later, dude. Bye.